0: Welcome to Remnant Radio. Glad to have you listening. We're here to share Jewish testimonies about trusting in Yeshua, also known as Jesus. Our focus is to the Jew first and also the Gentile, because God has not rejected his people and has made the two one new man. Now, here are your hosts for Remnant Radio Joseph Trochio and Howard Somerville.
1: thanks eric much appreciated welcome and thank you again for listening in this is joseph trochio with brother in christ howard somerville and friend howard somerville uh in a few moments we will be listening to howard's friend ruth randall ruth has been a believer in yeshua for a good number of years and has a very human story to share one that should encourage us all as we do our best to live in faith, yet still struggle. Howard, um, Howard, would you like to share a couple of things about Ruth and her story that we're about to hear?
0: Absolutely. Uh, I've known Ruth for some twenty odd years. I have never heard how she came to Messiah Yeshua. I have never heard uh, about the home she grew up in, uh, a Jewish home, and I'm really looking forward. I'm really looking forward to that. Um, I actually, my wife and I, Sue, actually met Ruth uh, through our brother-in-law, sister-in-law, Ernie and Janine Russell, who are also missionaries in B World.
1: Cool, thanks, Howard. Um, when Ruth emailed her testimony to us, we were both left with the impression she's a um, a very grateful woman who loves her Lord and lives with a sincere, honest devotion to him, of course, and has a word or two for her people, the Jewish people. Ruth, welcome to Remnant Radio. Welcome, Ruth Randall. It's great to have you here. Um, Thank you
2: for having me.
1: You're welcome, you're welcome. Ruth, uh, feel free to uh, start sharing your story. And um, along the way, if I feel like I have to interrupt you The last thing I want you to think of is me being rude. I just want to make sure that we don't miss anything uh, that's special. So um, um, start your story.
3: Where do I begin? Um, Okay. Well, these words come from my early years and my memory. Mm. And um, I was born in 1964 to Jewish parents. My mother was from Hungary. And in 1941, at the age of five, she and her parents went through the Holocaust. Hmm. My grandfather was taken away, and I'm not sure where my grandmother went, but my mom was taken to a Red Cross building to keep her safe, along with many other children that were left um, for the same reason. She told me that she felt abandoned, alone, unloved, and scared. So my father... He was born in Brazil in 1933. When he was four years old, his mother passed away, and his father did not know how to care for him. So he put him in an orphanage, and he too felt abandoned, alone, unloved, and scared. Even though each situation was in their best interest, they were too young to understand it, and both of my parents became damaged, and they both lived the same sad common ground. So fast forward fifteen or twenty years, they met, they married, and they had five children. I was number four and the youngest girl. <clears throat> Excuse
0: me. So okay, if we were if, raised... if I can jump in here <laughs> a sorry? minute, if I can just jump in for a minute. So you're, you where where did your parents meet? Uh, your your dad uh, was born in Brazil, and uh, right? Did they when did he come here to the United States?
3: Uh, he came to the states. In 1948,
0: okay, when
3: and, he was about 14 or 15 years
0: old. Oh my goodness! And did he did he um, end up in Detroit right away, or did they?
3: No, uh, they. I guess there's. I have. Well, I still have family in Connecticut, but there was um, the family I know is not these is not the people are not the people that my father was brought to, um, and. He didn't know English. He didn't really know anything. And uh, after a while, his, my father's father had a sister, and they lived here in Detroit, her and her husband. So somewhere along the line, they got him and basically raised him as their own. Um, and I actually called them when we were born and growing up. We called them uh, Zeta and Bubba Sonia. That was Grandma and Grandpa, basically. Um, didn't, it wasn't until later as an adult, I found out that she was my great aunt and not my grandmother. So, um, so how, h- how he met my mom, yeah, I honestly yeah. don't know.
0: <laughs> so, well, I, how, how old was your dad, uh, when he married your mom? Do you know roughly?
3: Um, let's, let's see. He was born in 33. They got married in 57. Okay. So 24. Yeah.
0: That, so, that sounds close enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good age to get married.
3: He, at. Yeah. He, uh, I don't know what he was doing, where he was working, but he saw my mother from afar and watched where she parked her car, and she was engaged to another man. This part I do know. He started leaving love notes on her car. I like that. And she ended up uh, meeting him. and the other guy. They ended up dating, and she broke it off with the other guy.
0: <laughs> wow Mm mm-hmm yep so they married and uh your dad uh supported a family and you came along when uh
3: 1964 i was uh born in detroit and um we lived in oak park from well from detroit then um actually we stayed in detroit until i was two then we moved to oak park and my father was uh, a locksmith at first so just had everyday life. When the high holidays came, um, we went to Shul, our synagogue, and um, we just kind of went through, you know, traditional stuff. But there was really no, in my opinion, by, between me and my siblings, no real feeling for what we were doing. It didn't really mean anything to me.
1: Now you were you I, were living in Oak Park, which was which was and is um, uh, uh, well-known for being uh, a Jewish community, correct?
3: Yes. Um, The area I was living in was not as, it was all Jewish at first, um, but not Orthodox on my side of town. Um, It was further, the west side of Oak Park was very Orthodox. Uh, And I'm trying to think, gosh, it's so long ago. Um, But we did Hebrew school. The elementary school that I went to, public elementary school, actually the yeshiva brought a, a rabbi, was there, Rabbi Friedman, and um, we actually had to go to Hebrew school after school. My mother, hmm. you know, made us do that.
1: Now you mentioned Rabbi Friedman. Is that, the just so I understand correctly, was he a well-known rabbi at the time, or that's just how you remember him?
3: Um. Was Well, throughout the Jewish community, he was well-known, mm. um, the Orthodox community, yeah. He was one of the teachers at the school I ended up in later.
0: Actually, if I'm correct, so, uh, Rabbi Friedman uh, was on, actually, uh, on an old radio program I used to hear on WXYT. He was on there as a occasional guest once in a while was it the same
1: same rabbi friedman
0: i'm pretty sure it was but wow. but you Samuel,
1: know i believe his name was
0: yes yes you know I'm, I'm sitting here thinking i'm thinking well here's ruth uh she's growing up in oak park uh she's mm-hmm. she's growing up in a real confusing time here in culture anyway hippies and uh tune in turn on <laughs> drop out uh, psychedelics uh peter max posters all that sort of thing. And on top of that, you're growing up in sort of a semi-Orthodox Jewish family. That must have been pretty tough.
3: Um, well, actually, only my mom, she wanted to be Orthodox, but we were, I mean, I personally was not as rebellious, but my siblings were, you know, we we bucked the system. Um, it was practically forced on us. Um, we were conservative, more so than Orthodox, if anything. Uh, my mother, my story, my, you know, the things that I've been through, in one sense it's a blessing now, looking back, but my mother lived through me vicariously. She wanted me to be Orthodox. She wanted me to do the things that she couldn't do. Hmm.
0: And, and, so and, and what about your dad? Did he, did he...
3: They divorced when I was nine, He was not religious by any stretch. He's Jewish by birth. Um, He comes from Orthodox relatives. You know, I'm finding out a little bit uh, here and there. But um, he himself, no, he never really followed anything. And he was gone out of my life and out of the house pretty much when I was nine years old and showed up when he felt like it. So he had no influence except, well... More Christian influence than, than mm. Jewish influence. I mean, he took us to a pig roast when we were kids.
2: <laughs> wow, wow.
3: <laughs> so, um, yeah, my mom wasn't happy.
2: <laughs> wow.
3: <laughs> so yeah, I I had a lot of Christian influence, a lot of non-Jewish influence in my life from from all different areas.
0: Did that Did that confuse you growing up, or uh, very much uh, yeah. so? Hmm. Just. Mm-hmm. Just trying to find, uh, okay, what's what's the right direction to go here?
3: <laughs> um, well, I can tell you, uh, let's see, when I was 14, entering high school, like you were saying, you know, living in that time, growing up in that time, I was hanging out with the burnouts. I was hanging out with smokers and people who skipped school and, you know, didn't want to follow uh, the rules. And... Each time I did stuff, I felt worse. So, and actually, before fourteen, when I was twelve, is when I was actually introduced to the Orthodox community. That's when I was really introduced to the Orthodox community, and that's when my mother put me in an Orthodox camp. She—I I can't remember how she found it, but um,
1: what was that like? She, the camp. Uh, well, <laughs> huh? The the camp, the Sorry? Orthodox environment yeah. that you were in. What was that like?
3: <clears throat> the camp. The girls' camp, um, well, it was fun, um, and that is pretty much the beginning of why I ended up where I ended up. All I can remember from the camp is that I wanted to be like those girls. I wanted to do what they did. And so I talked to my mom, and next thing I know, when seventh grade started, I wasn't going to public school. She told me she spoke with the principal of the uh, parochial school, and I ended up there. So I made friends, the girls at the camp. I And like I said, it was just I needed to identify with something. That's you know I was always looking to identify with somebody, something. I, I wasn't sure what it was. They all looked normal to me compared to what I was used to. They looked happy, and I wanted to be like that.
1: So that lasted for so, how long? I'm sorry? That lasted for how long?
3: Uh, the schooling or the yeah. camp? Um, the camp. Well, the camp was just for that one summer, mm. and then school. So I'm there. I wanted to be like them even more. I wanted to do what they were doing, and I kept pressing my mom. But there was four other kids in the house, and she couldn't do it. So I ended up. Um, she kind of to give me what I wanted. She spoke with uh, Rabbi Levy, Jacob, Rabbi Jacob Levy, and his family, and they took me in.
0: Now, now, how old were um, you when that happened?
3: I was twelve. So, from going to wearing jeans all the time, hmm. I had to wear a skirt or a dress all the time.
1: <laughs> so, I think uh, from the, the the bio that you sent us, um, if mm-hmm. I recall, that was a good experience for you, right? Living with... Uh, I absolutely with loved it. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. What was good about
1: it?
3: Um, like I was saying before, I, I seem to have consistently been looking to identify with something. And... Every time I was involved with a family, I wanted to be a part of that.
1: Good, healthy environment?
3: Yes. Yeah. Okay. So that's, I think, where my pain started, was needing to identify with a family, you know, a um, healthy family, I should say.
1: You know, obviously, one of the main things that that we do in these interviews, our our desire is to somehow reach the Jewish community. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Making the case for Messiah. That's, I mean, that's really what we're about and sharing the gospel. When you were living with, um, with uh, the rabbi and his family, was was the concept of the Messiah, was it talked about? Was he orthodox or uh, how, what was the, the spiritual aspect of it from a, a messianic standpoint? Was it there? No,
3: not at
1: all. Okay. Nope. So what was there was a good, healthy environment, loving people, some sense of safety and um it was just it was just a good setting um but the messianic message wasn't wasn't there okay all right so we got that idea go ahead yeah
3: no being a it was an orthodox jewish family so um never was there a talk of uh, Yeshua. yeshua hmm. wow.
1: So yeah wow well it, it, even if it wasn't yeshua just the idea of a messiah was that even talked about
3: they always said that um, the Messiah has not come. He will be coming, hmm. but they don't know when.
1: Okay. All right. Go ahead. Got, we, we, I, I think we got a good idea where you are now. Okay. All
3: right. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I didn't get to the graduation part, but I and had entered high school, but I will uh, go from there. Yeah. Good. Um. So, after, well, actually, it will help me to tell you. Um, no, I guess that don't, doesn't matter. Skip that. Okay. So, when uh, three years after, no, excuse me, after high school, uh, let's say a, a year or so after high school, um, I was 17 or eight, yeah, 17, and I met a guy who professed to be a born again Christian. So, when he found out, um, you know, that I was Jewish, um, he was really happy and slowly started preaching to me. But he was preaching like, hail, fire, and brimstone, <laughs> and scaring me. And I had never heard anything like that. Um, and my my thoughts were, this guy was crazy. I probably shouldn't be with him, but like, you know, he was just very, very good looking. <laughs> um, <laughs> so as a female, I just, I put up with the hail, fire, and brimstone part and wanted to date him. Um, but I was also curious. Hmm. So I was asking him some questions, that, and the way he was explaining was not helping me. So he introduced me to his mother. And she um, actually did a little more studying as far as Judaism goes and um, basically knew how to talk to me and uh, started explaining stuff. Started with, like, Adam and Eve. She was using the Old Testament. She, you know, showed me some things. I wish I had a a better memory that I could tell you exactly what she said. I honestly don't remember what she said to me, but it stuck with me to the point where um, when her son and I were together, uh, I, he talked to me a little more and he asked me, do you want to accept Christ? And I said, yes. I did it, strangely enough, on a whim. I didn't, at first, did not really, really comprehend what I was getting into. And why I was really doing it. The things I've heard, and and I can understand how other people feel about this. It just doesn't make sense <laughs> all the time. Mm. What I've learned in my walk since then—we're talking thirty-some odd years
2: now—it
3: mm-hmm. doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love that.
0: (laughs) I love that.
3: (laughs) I, the way I, what it did to my heart, what Christ has done for me, what Yeshua has done, was a slow healing process. And I cannot tell you, without Christ, without having Yeshua in my life, I would not be here right now.
1: This is we'll really, this is really good. This, this is good. So, um, your boyfriend's mother, somehow, uh, you, you said, um, she, she did some studying about <coughs> Judaism and, uh, speaking to Jewish people and she, she was good at being a, an ambassador enough, yeah. enough for you to, um, uh, there was something probably tender and honest and truthful and balanced, um, the way she presented it, and it just it just hit you. Is that a good way of summarizing yes.
3: it? I think so. You know, it someplace, somewhere along the line, I grasped what she said. Hmm. Hmm. I needed it to make sense to me, mm-hmm. but it's 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 so hard. To, it's like your heart understands, your brain doesn't.
1: Right good and the way problem,
3: yep I'm, I'm sorry the the problem you know as a Jew the, it's the brain there you know we think you know you think you're thinking I had to stop thinking <laughs> I had to feel it hmm. and when I felt it that's it's all it took
1: initially and then over initially. the and, and then over the years you've grown and learned and asked <sighs> questions you know I, I want to share yeah. something with you you should like this. Um, I want to make sure I, I quote him right. Um, one of the one of the other uh, people that we interviewed, and you can see it on the website, Ron Davis. He shared his testimony, and I, I'm never going to forget this. It was brilliant, and um, he he had a um, uh, a messianic a believer friend that he was connected with, and they were talking about um, faith, and the 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 person that was spoken speaking with Ron he said look Ron said look i you know this is this is hard for me to believe and the comeback was accept him now you will believe later <laughs> and uh, when ron was wow. yeah when ron was telling that story uh i mean he's you know he cautioned he says you you just don't want to think that way but there's something powerful and truthful about it and it's kind of like what you're saying that you accepted And now, over the years, you've come to have a better understanding of why you accept it and why you believe. But that's a very clever way of putting things. Accept them now, um, and you'll believe later that there's some some real value in just simply receiving Jesus, not having all the answers. Right. 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 It, it, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Well, well, I like how you put it. You said you really didn't know what you were getting into. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't.
3: I, and, it, hmm. and I cannot, um, the, it's an overwhelming, at first it was very overwhelming. You're on fire for Christ. You're, you want to do stuff. But I'll tell you, I was not always walking with him, even though I had accepted him and how how god changes you once you accept his son Mm. how the changes take place not sometimes it's painful just because you have you know just because you accept you sure you accept christ does not mean your troubles are going to go away in fact things get worse sometimes they get worse but it's all for the glory of god it's to Chip away at the things he doesn't like in you, what you are doing and how, you know, when you're selfish, when you're, it's just, and as a Jew, this was so hard because we are stubborn. I am very stubborn. I was stubborn in my marriage. I was stubborn as a child and I was stubborn with God.
1: God bless you, Ruth. And he. God bless you. God bless you, Ruth. (laughs) I mean that away, and I am so grateful. I'm just so grateful. Awesome. So okay, so go ahead, Howard. No, I'm go sorry. Ahead, no, go ahead. no, go ahead. No, you go ahead.
3: Don't fight now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you go first. Um,
1: you go
3: first. Well, I, I, I,
0: I'm just wondering. Uh, first of all, I've known you, Ruth, for a number of years, but I've I've only yes. known you through uh, some uh, mutual friends and relatives, and uh, so. You came to Christ, and a lot lot of times we come to Christ, we don't really realize up front how much healing we really need. (laughs) That is so true. (laughs) And and so he has healed you over these years. But uh, you have, as I recall, two daughters, right? Yes, I do. Two daughters. And um, today, where's, where's Ruth at today? How would you describe yourself today? Um,
3: well, things are, as far as my daughters are concerned, and that's, see, that's like my other, the other half of my testimony in one sense, um, has to do with my ex-husband. The fact that he led me to Christ, but he, um, was like a wolf in sheep's clothing.
1: Okay, wait, I mean, I need to understand something. So your ex-husband was your, was the, the born again, fire brimstone mm-hmm. preacher. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got it. Go yeah. ahead. Got it. And
3: the and it's hard, you know, he led me to Christ. I tried to be that submissive wife. I tried to be that Proverbs 31 wife. Um I am so flesh and blood. It's not funny. And failure is written on my forehead because you I mean without I mean, you you try and you try and you try and you try. Um, In Christ, I know I was okay. With my husband at that time, I was not okay. It was never good enough. Uh. And that was my time of listening to him, not God. I was not listening to Christ. I was not um, reading and doing what I should do for myself in my walk with the Lord that would probably have fixed my marriage, but I listened to my husband because we're supposed God, to listen to our husband. God bless you, Ruth. Unbelievable. But he wasn't, a, I mean, he was a believer. I'm not going to, you know, I can't judge him, but if you are a true believer, you don't condemn and you don't, you know, make your wife or your sp- your husband, depending on who, you know, what the situation mm-hmm. is, feel less than who they are especially who they are in christ and he did and unfortunately 16 years after the marriage we divorced my poor daughters grew up uh but he was very present in their life and he turned them against me so god has been chipping away at me for years and made me realize first and foremost anything everything no matter what I say no matter what I do how I act has to glorify him I cannot this is not about me and that that all this time 18 years of divorce now all these years I've been growing and growing and growing and then I would fall backwards and then I would get up and I would start growing again and learning who I was In Christ that's what I had to do he took the person away from me made it fall apart Mm -hmm. because I wasn't following him I needed to follow Christ I was following my husband
1: you had to lose your life to gain it I did Mm -hmm.
3: I certainly did and I lost my daughters in the process I have two grandchildren that I don't get to see um but I have hope that's the joy I do not blame my daughters I don't, and I'm praying for my husband and ex-husband because I, there was quite a few years and, you know, I'm still learning of trying not to hate him because God doesn't hate him and he's not Jewish. So that was the other thing I, you know, trying to do all this stuff Hmm. and be the right type of person and not be stubborn. And, oh my gosh, it's so hard. Yeah. yeah. It is so hard. But yet there's hope. I have hope, and I couldn't have this if I didn't have
1: Christ. So what are some of the, um, some of the, some of the some scripture, I know this might sound like a shortcut, but I, I think scripture is just in, absolutely incredible, and it doesn't matter whether I think, what I think anyway, but scripture is very powerful, and as you've grown over the years, what are some of the things that have really touched you? in terms of strengthening your faith, not necessarily sustained you, but things that um, showed you that Jesus is for real. Anything stand out? Um, well, growing up, my whole life, I've always known there
3: was something else. I mean, growing up, we were allowed to see Santa Claus. We were allowed to go see the Easter Bunny, go on Easter egg hunts, go look at Christmas lights. We're Jewish. Why are we doing this? Hmm. I didn't understand that part. I always knew. I'm like, okay, if they're doing that, and she, as my mother meaning, is allowing us to do this, why? What what am I Hmm. missing? Something is missing. Was it just the need to identify myself with a family, or did I really need something bigger than that and i didn't know how to wrap my head around this when i became a christian when i accepted christ i read psalm 51 not right away but when i got into the psalms psalm 51 i felt so dirty i felt like i was i wasn't good enough i was always made to feel not good enough and i wasn't and so that's what i took with me from my marriage from growing up my mother you know even though she tried to do good things for me it was for her benefit not mine in the long run i never felt good enough when i read psalm 51 i'm sorry no go ahead, oh, go ahead. Oh, i'm oh, i'm back going back into my ear again
1: <laughs> it you you have Psalms? an you have an echo yeah it's back okay let's let's just do it like we did before hang up and call right back
0: and we'll pick up on psalm 51 okay all right
1: okay good <laughs> all right bye hello it's good. All right, there you go. All right, so go ahead with uh, reading Psalm 51.
3: Oops. I think it's back, but I'll try yeah. to ignore it. Okay, when I read Psalm 51, David was asking God to have mercy on him. Um, he wanted him to block his transgressions out. He wanted him to have compassion. He wanted him to wash away all his sin, all his iniquities, everything he's done wrong, because he's done wrong. I felt the same way not not wrong in what you know like what david did but Mm -hmm. i just didn't feel good about myself and um i wanted a clean heart i wanted a pure heart i wanted to know where i stood with god because i didn't feel like i could stand with anybody else Mm -hmm. so that psalm um is what really stands out for me And there's others that I don't, I have not, you know, I don't have a really good memory, but more so for me, it's songs, Hmm. um, worship songs that really um, speak to me. And um, thanks to uh, Janine and Ernie, good friends of mine, which Howard, of course, knows. um, She introduced me to uh, Oswald Chambers. Mm
2: -hmm.
3: I absolutely love Oswald Chambers and my utmost his highest. Uh, I will tell you that if you ever have any questions about Christ, about God, besides reading the Bible, of course, all of it, I would read one of his books. That His devotional um, has really, there are certain parts where it, it, he asks you just how do you worship God? Where are you When it comes to God, do you do Mm. things for yourself or is what you're doing to his glory? And I just, I, sometimes I just sit there and cry because I'm like, I, I'm not there, but I can stand up and I can praise the Lord because his mercies are new
2: Mm.
3: every morning. He is very forgiving. He loves me and he shows grace. And I can just, I can start all over and do it again and do my best to do it right the next time. There's never, um, you're never bad enough. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it, it's a good it's, word right there. Huh?
1: That's a good word right there. You're never bad enough.
3: Yeah. It's like you're always, I mean, if you ask, you will be forgiven. There is nothing, you could try and you can think. Forget about trying to be bad. You could think you're the worst person in the world and you cannot face God and ask him for anything. Oh, my gosh. I will tell you I have done things wrong that I will not, I can't talk about, that I have been completely forgiven, and I'll tell you I feel cleansed over it. I am not there anymore. I am not that person anymore, Mm. and Mm. I don't, and I can, if it, I'm telling you there's so much more to, you know, like we each have, we've compartmentalized our lives and you can walk into any of my little compartments and they're clean. I God has done wonders for me
1: because and you have taken you oh. have you have uh, you have placed the blood of Christ in the doors of your heart yes or the door so. of your heart. I'm so eager to ask you to challenge the Jewish people to come to faith. I'm so eager to ask I have to ask you what would you say to a Jewish, um, uh, uh, your people what challenging words what's well.
3: oh my dad is knocking on my door hold on i'm sorry okay all right what dad you're gonna go to what time is that okay all right i'll take care of the dogs okay come on out of this room all right dad that's fine I'll take care of the dogs when I'm done. Okay. Okay. All right. I gotta shut the television off. I left it on. I take care of my dad. Now that's a story in and of itself.
1: Yeah, I want to ask you a question about that, but let's let's stick okay. to uh, what I what, what what I'm begging from you. Yeah. Some challenging <laughs> words for um, your people.
3: Wow. You know, I. Uh, it's funny that you're asking that because i talk talked to my dad since I have him here all the time and. Um, if I was to meet a friend of mine, let's say from the school or, and they're all, Orthodox, and everyone, all of them know I've accepted. Well, the ones that I used to talk to still, uh, well, not still now, but back then 30 years ago or, you know, whatever it was, they know I accepted Christ.
2: Mm.
3: Um, the, the rabbis, in fact, here's just a little funny, uh, side note on this. When I was pregnant with my first daughter, um, not knowing I was going to have a girl, uh, we, my mother and I were talking about, we, you know, she goes, well, since you're a Christian now, are you going to do a bris? Um, do you know what a bris
1: is? Yes.
3: Okay. I said, well, of course I am. I said, and I'm still Jewish, <laughs> you know. And um, so Excellent. she talked to one of um, a very popular rabbi, uh, important rabbi, Rabbi Zacharias, and asked him, she says, my daughter believes in Jesus. And she's pregnant. And if she has a boy, would you do the bris? You know. And he goes, "Well, sure. Why well, not? Well, she's Christian. No, she's not Christian. She's still Jewish. She's just on the wrong side of the fence." That's how he explained it. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So I have carried that particular story with me, thinking, "Well, how would I talk to somebody?" And it's, it's a it's a very hard question. I would simply tell them my story. I would simply (sighs) ask them what is it about Judaism? And I've asked my father this. I said, if you're not practicing the religion, and it's a religion, it's not a relationship. If you're not, if you don't go to shul, if you don't keep kosher, those are commandments according to the rabbis. If you're not doing that, why are you holding on to this belief? Why don't you enhance it? Why don't you make it so you, you know, can be free? you you're, you know, and if you are keeping these commandments, if you're, you know, according to the, the 613 mitzvahs and, and trying to do that, um, okay, what has it gotten you? Where has it taken you? And do you think that you're truly going to go to heaven? Do you believe in heaven? Um, A lot of them don't even believe in heaven
2: Mm.
3: or hell, for that matter. They just, you know, you're going to die. It's a very hard question, and each situation would, you know, different words would come out, a different scenario. You know, it's hard to say. I'm not shy about my faith. I'm not shy about having Christ. Um, I've never actually been asked by any Jewish people. Uh, So I I don't know. All I know is the first thing I would do is pray before any conversation starts because I don't want any words coming from me. (laughs) I want my words to come from God and pierce their heart. I don't want to speak to their head. I don't want their brain listening. I want their heart listening,
0: and I can't do that myself.
1: God bless you, Ruth. Wow. This, this Those is, are oh, good words.
0: This is powerful. Ruth, uh, I, I'm, I'm going back to, uh, I think it was a couple months ago, I remember sitting across the table from you at uh, a mutual That's friend's the the mo- uh, movie theater.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember walking up to you, and i I quickly explained what we do here. Yeah. And uh, I said, "Would you be, you know, willing to quote unquote give your testimony?" And we we've asked others, and, and most people hesitate. Well, I'm not sure. You didn't do that. I mean, you immediately answered me, "Sure," <laughs> and you asked me a few other questions. What are we doing? Where does it go? And I understand all that. But right. you you showed absolutely no hesitation to say, "Yeah, I want I want to give my testimony," and and I think that was just awesome. Uh, and. I think uh, you. what you've talked about tonight is is uh, absolutely awesome. I think uh, a lot of people are like you, we're like you, um, and so I've I've I've, uh, I've just thoroughly enjoyed our time here. And and of course, I- if we want to pray for anything, which I will, and I'm sure Joe and Bill will. Uh, pray for your uh, couple of requests uh, that, that you're praying for your your uh, husband and uh, your ex-husband and your daughters that uh, they, um, that they will come to see yeah. the Messiah yeshua
3: well they are my daughters are believers okay mm-hmm. good they they um, they accepted Christ when they were children um, the problem that but they need um, they do need to have their the eyes of their heart open to what is going what's happening in their lives right now as far as their father is concerned and what is you know um there's a lot of things going on and also i would um so yes if you could you know praying for them uh as far as their walk with christ and how they treat me specifically <laughs> but like i said i have hope it's it's that it's in god's hands um i want them to just be healthy and safe it's a. It's there's more to the story. Um, it's hard to explain. Um, my sister, unfortunately, was uh, diagnosed with lung cancer. With, well, she has a mass, a mass in her lungs, and I asked her, and I'm not like I said, I'm not shy about my faith. I, I said, would it be okay if I brought my care group from my church over,
2: mm.
3: so we could lay hands on you? And she's like, you want to touch me? And I said, well, yeah, I want want to pray over you. I don't, you know, she was, well, people just pray for people. And my sister's very hard-hearted in that respect. Um, I'm slowly witnessing to her because she's going through something that could bring her to her knees or six feet under. And um, I prefer to bring her to her knees, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, So that's kind of where my heart and mind is right now, is with her, and to get her um, to, well, I'm not really saying it right, because it's a sore subject for me, it's it's hurtful, Uh, I want the Lord to touch her heart, I want want the Lord to heal her, but before that, I want him to get her to accept him first, Mm. and if he takes her, he takes her, but... And, you know, that's just the way it goes. I want her to know him before he does, if that's the case, if it's her time. Um, and she has uh, a 22-year-old and twin 20-year-olds. Uh, so, and her husband. And they will be completely lost without her. They, You know, she's, she is the matriarch. She's She's the head of the household, unfortunately, in certain respects. However, it's, it, I think all my nieces would end up accepting Christ. Her husband was a Christian at one time. He's completely walked away. I know it would turn this house around.
0: What's your? If uh, she accepted Christ. What's your sister's first name? Renee. Renee. Okay. We will certainly pray for.
1: Her. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, Ruth, uh, just listening to your story is very encouraging because there's two things. I, I i don't want to forget and that's your story is encouraging because you came to christ just as you were and just as you are and you continue to um walk in faith struggle in your faith and and know that it's always safe and good uh, to come to jesus and that's um that's big that, that's big it's encouraging for anybody um whether you're um um, uh, Jewish or not, it's just uh, it, it's just a good thing to appreciate. So where were we? we were talking about your family, praying for your family. Oh, your dad. Now, you, does your dad oh. know what you're doing right now? You're taking care of your dad now. He's living with you, right? Yes, yeah.
3: he and, uh, he went to bed.
1: Yeah, but does he know what you're doing? Does he know you're sharing your story?
3: Um, Turn, I, I mean. told well, not a hundred percent. he's got uh, dementia.
1: Okay. So All right.
3: it doesn't, things don't stick.
1: Yeah. I got um, it. I got
3: it. I told him I had a phone meeting, hmm. um, an interview, so to speak. So I, to explain things to him and, uh, depending is, it's too much. But, um, um, like every night when I say goodnight to him and I shut, as I shut his door, I say, I'll see you in the morning. He said, he always says, God willing. And I say amen, and um, I'm using that as a prayer for him because I don't think he realizes <laughs> that he, mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. he's, he's praying in a way. Um, I preach to him, in a sense, all the time. I ask him, uh, even for himself, because he's the one who took us to a pig roast, and he's the one who doesn't, you know, he doesn't follow his faith per se, but he's like he's a diehard Jew. Well, I'm like dad, and. I said, your wife was Catholic, and he thinks that she, you know, was like she's in heaven. She knew She accepted Christ. I don't know that for sure. So I basically say, do you want to see your wife again when you when you die? Not my mother. He he had a
2: oh, okay wife. All right.
1: Okay. <laughs>
3: um, All right. I said, do you want to see her again? If you say she's in heaven, the only way you're going to see her is if you accept Christ. Otherwise, you're not going to see her. So. We talk, and then Janine comes over, and she talks with my dad. They have deep conversations. The only thing I can say, as far as he's concerned, I somewhere in his heart he has, he knows Jesus exists. He knows who He is. Mm-hmm. He says He's the Son of God, um, but he doesn't know how to live that because his age
2: mm-hmm.
3: and um, the dementia. But I still press on with him because I'm, there's going to come a day where I want him to actually say a prayer and accept Christ.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: That's the one part I have never heard yet. Um, and I pray about that as far as he's concerned. We, we share the house. I'm always here. I take care of him. Um, and we do have deep conversations at times, and he he fights it. I'm a Jew. All right. He
1: it. fights it. Here's, here's, here's the question. Thank, thanks for sharing that, and we, we, uh, we will, we will pray for your dad and um, your relationship with him. But here's the thing. Uh, likely, we will have Gentile listeners. I'm hoping we do. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The in the church today, there's, for the most part, uh, I'm going to stick my neck out. Gentiles just are not getting it. Okay. Um, right. In terms of Jewish outreach and so forth, um, there's there's just this wall between Jew and Gentile. Um, it, church Gentiles now. Um, it's, just, it's just something that's there's just not a lot of understanding. What good words, what can you say to Gentile listeners to help them have a better understanding and a heart for your people? What's the good challenge? Or the how-to? Oh, boy. How about that one?
3: <laughs> um, I think every Christian... Gentile, now. ...needs to... a uh, uh, Right. Well, a Gentile needs to attend a Messianic Passover Seder.
1: Giddy up, Ruth. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Very good. All right. So, go ahead.
3: Um... As a Jew growing up with Passover, the Jewish way, not knowing anything about Christ, how he died, and Mm -hmm. how they describe him as being striped and pierced. Mm -hmm. Um, The Jews don't realize how much Christ is involved in that Seder. They don't say his name, (laughs) but everything they do has to do with him. And it blew my mind. The first time I went to a messianic Passover seder, I am having one this Friday. I put I a seder heard. on for my church.
1: You two are welcome to come. Well, I have room.
0: I'm I'm already going to be. Oh, there. you guys, you are coming, Howard.
3: Yeah. You wow, are wow. coming. Yeah, next yeah.
1: Okay, so you're you're going to be leading the seder. Um, no,
3: I will not lead the seder. That's not my job.
1: Okay, all right.
3: I have. Uh, jerry weinstein from shema israel coming that he will be leading the seder but it is remarkable how it describes christ and judaism Mm.
0: all wrapped together
1: advisable for gentile believers
0: oh most definitely good word that's phenomenal Uh, just to kind of wrap it up um and maybe I'm putting you on the spot here, but uh, you went to Hebrew school, and you went to Hebrew school, and you learned some Hebrew. Can you say a, a, a prayer in Hebrew for us to kind of end the, the the broadcast?
3: Well, <laughs> let's see. Um, the only Hebrew prayers I really know are for before you eat bread or drink wine. Um, and I don't have a Hebrew book in front of me to read one. I can let's see.
0: Or or you could use uh, yeah. <laughs> you could use Psalms fifty one. Just read oh. a few Actually I, I believe fifty one nine through twelve is the more Yeah.
3: Let me see, I have to pull it back up again. Lost I closed. All right, here, here's the
1: deal. Here's the deal. You're gonna read <laughs> fifty one nine through twelve and let's see.
0: Um, i believe that's created me a clean heart oh yeah God, well I
1: yeah. That's yeah right but I, i'm I, I like hearing the hebrew <laughs> i'm sorry i just like hearing <laughs> the hebrew so uh all right so let's see the, the hebrew prayers that you know are for are for bread and wine and let's see yeah. let's <laughs> see um uh okay i want your prayer to cover my supper tomorrow night so if you, <laughs> you can, you can. This prayer can give me a, a twenty-four-hour advantage, something like that. Oh, no, really? you don't. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do it, but you can read Psalm, uh, Psalm fifty-one nine through twelve, I, or ten through twelve.
3: Um. Uh, well, hold on one second. Let's see. Well, it, uh, at the end of the seder, what? They say Lashana ha, uh, Hold on Lashana be Yerushalayim, and that's next year in Jerusalem.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Well, that's rather. Are that, yeah, too. yeah. That that'll work. <laughs> that that'll work.
3: Uh, I like reading Hebrew. I you know I just don't do it very often. <laughs> um,
1: I wish I could read it and say it and understand it. <clears throat> um, well. Are you Are you going to? Uh, Are you going to read the Psalm 51, those those favorite verses of yours? Okay. Um, Create in me a pure
3: heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. That was 10 through 12.
1: Thank you very much. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you very much Ruth for your um, for your heart and your faith and your courage um, we this this was good we're we're uh, good. we're very grateful you know Ruth we're still in the stages of kind of <clears throat> designing this whole ministry and we're sometimes we go fast sometimes we we go slow Ruth um we'll keep you updated we you know when we um when, when, when we're when we finished with the editing and so forth, we'll let you know and uh, we'll put it on uh, uh, Romans1v16.com and it will be available at iTunes.
3: Well,
1: I don't have iTunes, but I can do um, the .com thing. Yeah, okay, good. All right, great. All right, thanks again. Um, may the Messiah of Israel bless you today and all the days of your life. We are honored to uh, hear your story, and um, uh, we're, we're, we're grateful. Thank you very much. Amen.
3: Well, th- well, I appreciate you guys. Thank you for um, putting me on here and wanting to hear this. And it's God's story. Yep.
1: <laughs> yep, it is. It is. Thanks. We yeah, will talk I'll with go you soon. You, God. Yep. Yep. We will, ta- we will talk and email and connect soon.
3: Okay, I look forward to it.
1: Great. Thanks, Ruth.
2: Take
3: care. You're welcome.
1: Okay, blessings.
3: Thanks to you, too. Okay, bye. Bye.